If you're receiving this transmission, this is Black Spire Broadcast. Welcome to Black Spire Broadcast, the voice of the rebellion. We're transmitting from an undisclosed location in the Outer Rim. I'm your host, David. Our guest on this episode is Austin. Austin is a Star Wars fan who is both friend and family. Thank you for being here, friend, and welcome to Black Spire. This week's show is about Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi. You the chosen one! It was said that you would destroy this and not join them! Hello there. Yeah, thanks, David. I'm happy to be on. It's great to have you, and um, we are drinking this evening, so I thought that'd make that a little more, yeah. a little more fun to talk about this stuff. As but, we should be, right? Mm-hmm. You're on vacation as well as um, being a guest on the podcast, the second guest, so um, this thing's not very big, but I'd love it to be big one day. Yeah, I'm sure it will be, and thanks for having me on. You know, what better time to talk about Obi-Wan than right now with the new series coming out here shortly? And May is right, right around the corner, and I couldn't be more excited because Obi-Wan is hands down my my favorite character in Star Wars ever, all time. Um, I think I see a lot of Obi-Wan in myself with like natural progression through life, so um, I think he's awesome. I think he's a cool character. In yeah, no, I think you can make a very strong argument in him being the most essential character to Star Wars, and really everything that's been made, you know, all the way from Phantom Menace, all the way through the new, everything that's been created through Disney, because he just leaves such a huge impact on everything. He does. And a lot of that really through Anakin. So if you're going to make a counter argument to most important character, then you'd probably hear Anakin a lot. But I think there's a strong argument to be made by Obi-Wan. Hey, there's like nine movies that are all about Anakin. So it's okay to talk about Obi-Wan for like the first time. You know, he deserves a, a little airtime, I think. But, um, you know, he's he's huge in Clone Wars and Rebels, and that's stuff that nobody pays attention to, nobody really talks about. But he, he's he's big in that stuff, too, and you wouldn't even have the original trilogy if it wasn't for Obi-Wan. You know, Luke would have been nobody. There would have been nothing. And the Empire just kept going if it wasn't for Obi-Wan. So exactly. I think he's vital. Yep, and as you mentioned, his character arc... Uh, is extremely different, I think, from mm. the original three to really Phantom Menace to the Revenge of the Sith. Mm. Um, but that's natural given that there's a different character playing him, right? But uh, he's he really stays the same throughout in that his demeanor, his demeanor always stays the same and he really remains to be the voice of reason really from... Uh, the first time you see him to the last time you see him. Always. And he's a crazy good Jedi. I think he's obviously gets a ton of screen time, but I think he's really underrated with how powerful and wise he is. And I think he's very humble. Um, yes. And a couple nights back, I was sitting in the bathtub reading comic books because that's what an almost 30-year-old man does. But there that's what go. I was doing. And I was reading some Obi-Wan stuff. And um, again, shout out to Wikipedia, who I know... Uh, follows this show and listens to it, but I was reading their content too, and, and Obi-Wan was not always humble. At the beginning, he was very cocky. He knew he was ahead of his time, um, especially as a youngling, and um, he learned to be humble as time went on, but he's so humble, and I think that's what's cool is we see that, like especially in the movies, like episode two and in the beginning of three, when he, he 
doesn't beat Dooku either time, right? And Anakin kills him. But you're like, man, is Obi-Wan even that cool? Like, I know he's popular, but is he that good? And the answer is yes, he actually is. It's mm-hmm. just, he's very humble. Very humble. Yes, definitely. And, you know, you mentioned Dooku, and obviously it's uh, Anakin that ends up defeating him. But I don't think you can take for granted that, or take it lightly, that he defeated Grievous and mm-hmm. Darth Maul. And ultimately, Vader, uh, Anakin, right. Right, right before he even puts on the the full right. Vader getup, he Obi Wan defeats him. Right, and if he wasn't so uh, humble and so about the ways of the Jedi, mm-hmm. then we probably never see a Vader because he probably finishes oh. him once and for all and doesn't give him any fighting chance. I right? agree. I bet he kills him on Mustafar. Yeah, exactly. And wh- and that's a good question. I'll pose to you right now. Why did he walk away? Why did he watch him burn? You know, and walk away. I think it's because obviously uh, there's there's several different instances where he references the light side still in Vader, right? He still sees that he has some good in him, mm. and he wants to believe that, as he should, right? Because he was his padawan. He was mm. the one who trained him. He brought him up uh, from the youngling we see in phantom menace so he does i i don't think he wants to accept that failure and he sees that there is some good in him which ultimately luke will bring out of him right right and that's exactly what we see happen and i remember being a kid watching um the original trilogy and i didn't have any idea what was going on i was like it's cool lightsabers and people swinging them and this guy breathes really random you know but um you're right it is it is Luke that brings Vader back. There is good in him, and even Padme's dying words to Obi Wan in Episode Three are: "There's still good in him." Um, and I think there's an aspect of love. I think that Obi Wan loved Anakin. He basically raised him. He was the father figure that Anakin never had. Um, and Anakin loved Obi Wan. He was just the arrogant teenager, right. basically. He acted like a eighteen year old the entire time and was like, "Man, I should. I deserve more." Right. Um, and he probably did, but that, that would have came in due time. He'd have been the strongest Jedi ever had he have stayed on the path, you know. Mm-hmm. And and Sidious's plan would never have happened without Anakin. That's super important to remember, you know. Um, and, and you could tell that Anakin didn't want to kill Obi-Wan. You can tell in Episode 3. Like, he had no problem killing all those little kids and everybody at the mm-hmm. temple. But when it came to Obi-Wan, they talk. They talk and talk and talk, and he didn't want to kill him, you know? So I think there's an aspect of love is why Obi-Wan walked away, to answer the original question. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and you had mentioned Obi-Wan kind of understood how powerful he was at a young age and maybe had some arrogance, and so I think it's only fitting that he be the one who brings up Padawan Anakin. Oh, absolutely. Because... You even kind of get the sense of this arrogance, confidence, whatever you may want to call it, with Anakin in Phantom Menace when mm-hmm. he's uh, he's a slave, right? And you see exactly. his confidence and everything, he, how he handles pod racing, and he kind of knows, like, I'm the best, you know? Like, there's no reason for anybody else to think that. Right. Because he hasn't won. He hasn't but, proven anything But I'm the best, point. right? Yeah. And so I think it's very fitting that Obi-Wan ends up uh, bringing him along the great and humbler, I think he, I think he right? understands where he's coming from right I, and I think you're totally absolutely right um, I think that um, 
Obi-Wan was the perfect Jedi to take on Padawan Anakin. Because Anakin's, he's kind of a nightmare. I mean, he's like a horrible teenage kid that nobody wants, you know. He knows he's, he's destined to be great and knows he's great. It's like being a, I don't know, like the only good athlete at a terrible high school where that's destined to play D1 ball, you know, and it's like, hey, you're not supposed to act like that. I know you're good, but don't act like it. And that's Anakin. Anakin's destined to be the best. And he acts like he's destined to be the best the whole time. And I think Obi-Wan did a really good job of bringing him back down to to Coruscant. I can't say Earth because Earth's not a planet in Star Wars, but, yeah, you know, no. whatever that reference would exactly. be. Um, no, I think he's awesome. I think he's... And the reason he's my favorite is that he's been out of Jedi. I think he's probably been through the most. I don't know if there's anybody who's been through more, seen more stuff, and and survived. And, and it was still good. Good all the way through. He didn't... There was only one time, in my opinion, that he could have went to the dark side. And that's when he watched Qui-Gon die. And mm-hmm. I think that he probably channeled some of the dark side to beat Maul. The like, first or three times he beat Maul. But, um, yeah. And it is funny that Maul lives because it is so epic in episode... That's like my favorite lightsaber duel of all time is episode one. I remember mm-hmm. seeing that in 1999 as a kid and being like, oh, that's the coolest thing ever. Um, and then he didn't even die somehow, but I think it's the only time he could have went to the dark side. He's, I think he's a pure good character. Exactly. Yeah. As I mentioned at the beginning, he really is the voice of reason mm-hmm. and he's, he's so wise even when he isn't, you know, that the old man you see in a new hope. Right. Right. And he's, he's always kind of trying to bring people back whenever they, they feel that emotion and they feel right. that urge that may lead them to the dark side mm-hmm. and i think it's it's funny you mentioned him as old man because i'm i like to reference wikipedia and i'm looking at it now and and um he died in zero bby so battle or, uh, before the battle of yavin he was born in 57 bby so he died at 57 years old and sir alec guinness that played obi-wan in a new hope was obviously far more than 57 years old so it'll be interesting yeah. to see how they have you and mcgregor um, start to transform into that Sir Alec Guinness. Right. And obviously Ewan has taken serious care of his health in comparison to... So Alec how Guinness, old is Ewan McGregor right now? When know, he's, really when he's filming question. this new I don't actually Obi-Wan know. series, how um, old is he? I actually don't know, and I would love to know uh, how old he currently is, because he's, um, he's 50. Okay. So that fits. That's perfect. That, that, yeah. That, that's that's yeah, it's, seven it's years off, off of a new it's hope, not far off. Right? right? So I don't know the exact. I haven't followed the the fandom too hard on when um, the Obi Wan Kenobi series is supposed to be set, but I bet it's I don't know a year after Revenge of the Sith, maybe maybe two years. So he'd be like fifty two, maybe. Okay. And if Ewan's fifty and Alec Guinness mm-hmm. was fifty seven in New Hope, that that couldn't have fallen into their lap any better. The ages are way better, but. I'm pretty sure Al Guinness was like 70. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I was going to say, he moved <laughs> yeah. a lot older. Yeah, and and, and I just wish that the the technology in 1977 was the technology of 2022. You know, right. It had been so much cooler. And then I look back at, and I watch those original trilogy movies, and I watch them for the lore, and I look back and I think like, all right, this was breaking ground at the time. It, it's not now, but... It's pretty cool for the time, uh, and 
and every cool movie that ever existed after that is because of those movies. But it is funny to like watch the new the newer Star Wars material and look back and be like, man, that's pretty uh, not that great to tell you the truth. <laughs> yeah, and it really stands out with the lightsaber battles. Yes, it does. I uh, mean, everything else you can kind of understand and say, hey, you know, technology wasn't there. Right. But me, myself, whenever I go watch those old ones, I can't say they just lost all of their skill. Right. Like they are nowhere near as they're not in their prime talented with a lightsaber right right and they i don't like like you had said i love them for what they are Mm. but it's the lightsaber battles that get me every time yeah and i like to i just there's no computers that's what's so important to remember is there's no computers so the fact that there's somehow a visual effect over this plastic sword hitting another plastic sword that looks like a lightsaber is amazing i don't even I've watched the documentary so many times, I still don't understand how they did mm-hmm. it. Um, but, yeah, the battles aren't... They get better, though, as you watch the old ones. They do improve. By the time you hit Return of the Jedi, it's a lot more, like, high pace. And they're doing more with it. But, yeah, still, it's nothing like... No. But, you know what, to to come into the future, like, what, what the Rise of Skywalker came out in 2019... Actually, I think we saw that together, um, Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. But, um... They had all this technology, and I still didn't think the battle, the lightsaber fights were that great. Like, episode one and three had the best lightsaber battles, in my opinion. Oh. Hands down. Three has, has my Amazing. Bet. Amazing. Well, yeah. I, I would argue it's too choreographed. Like, it looks like a dance. It's great. It's fantastic. And I understand that, but I think a lot of the reason I like it is because of Mustafar as a planet. It's wonderful. It's just like, if you're going to pick a battle scene, especially a, a one that's like, has carries the weight that that one does right moves so far as where it's you want the it. place to be without a doubt um and i think it's awesome that um that became darth vader's home base i'm i'm sure you probably know that but that's where he, he ends up building yeah. like his little base there and it's his layer and it's cool right well it's fitting for the sith too because mm-hmm. who in their right mind wants to go there no it's that's a terrible place to be yeah nobody obviously. wants to spend quality time on Mustafar. <laughs> no. No, you're there with no. bad intentions. It's, it's, right? not a, it's not a honeymoon spot by any means. Yeah, for sure. No, and I think, like, the planet itself almost killed them. It didn't matter. Like, it almost didn't matter that they dueled, like, the planet after they screwed it up. Obviously. Oh, yeah. Half of the fight was fighting with your surroundings as well as your opponent. Right. Yeah, right. yeah they're, they're, you know, dodging lava and waterfalls and jumping from a piece of equipment to piece of equipment whatever was right. floating over the top of it yeah it yeah that's crazy exactly and i just rewatched that yesterday just to to prep for this and, and kind of give me give me a little uh refresher but yeah that planet is intense and then you add padme to the mix where she shows up and um obi-wan knew he went to padme's house and was like hey where's anakin because i kind of got to kill him and uh he knew padme would lead anakin I'm sorry, he knew Padme would lead him right to Anakin. Mm-hmm. And it's like, is that kind of jacked up? I'm not sure. Like, I watched that and I was like, man, I really, I just, that clicked in my mind. Like, Yeah, no, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. But also, given the fact that she is pregnant and mm-hmm. the minute he brings up the killing of the younglings to her, you could tell from that moment, she's going to tell Obi-Wan exactly where he is. Uh, yeah, but she doesn't. Does she? She does not. She does not. Oh, at yeah. least we don't see it. Yeah, but he sneaks on her ship. 
Right. But you could tell something from that moment. It changes. Changed. It changes. Especially in the conversation on Mustafar when she lands. Before Obi-Wan right. walks off the ship. Yeah. And they're talking. Sure. Her, her mindset kind of goes from, I don't believe it, to I don't want to Like, you've changed. It. I don't know who you are. Yeah. yeah. I don't know who you are anymore. And um, then Obi-Wan shows up and she gets force choked, obviously. And it's... It's kind of cheesy in episode three how she just dies. Um, but I do think she gave up the will to live. I'm not sure if that's possible, but in Star Wars, anything's possible. So mm-hmm. maybe she did give up the will to live. Like she wanted to live with Anakin, and Anakin became this horrible person in this moment. And they had kids, and she didn't want anything to do with it anymore. And she died. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree. It was it was kind of a, a tough situation for anybody to be in. And Right. I, I don't think that it's beyond reason to think that she just gave up the will to live. No, I don't think so either. And it's it's tragic because in real life, I can understand where that comes from. Like, it would be horrible to, to see your your partner become this horrible person and, and then you have children with them. So I could imagine where her head was at um, in that moment. But and then Obi-Wan showed up and made it worse. And... Um, I remember seeing that as a kid, and I thought Anakin was going to win that battle. I, like Because in episode two, Obi-Wan loses. Episode three, at the beginning, Obi-Wan loses again. And I was like, what would lead me to believe that Obi-Wan's going to win anything yeah. that I watch other than no, episode Obi-Wan, one? Obi-Wan, 100%, for lack of a better term, has the clutch gene. He does. Right? He does. When the game is on the line, when the stakes are high, yep. he's coming in hot, and he's going to win. Yep. Right? You see that... Time and time again, throughout every Star Wars movie mm-hmm. or uh, animated series, whatever it may be, he's going to show up in the big moments. That's true. No, right? he's clutch. That's there's no doubt about it. He figures it out when it matters most. Um, and I kind of want to break down the the lightsaber battle with um, with Anakin, and we're going straight down like the nerd rabbit hole with this. But I, I like to talk about the seven forms of lightsaber combat quite a bit. And Obi-Wan is generally, so he's a practitioner of form three, which is called Sorosu. And Sorosu is defensive lightsaber combat. So it's generally not attacking. And Mace Windu, who's regarded as the greatest duelist of all time, um, obviously beat Darth Sidious without the cheat codes from Anakin showing up. But um, Mace Windu considered him the, the expert in, in form three. So like, the guy of all time. And then Anakin was an expert in force um, and style five form five, which is um, like more attacking. It's more just, it's not necessarily calling on the Sith or anything like that. I think form seven is the one that Mace Windu invented that mixes in some dark side stuff that people find questionable. And he, he's like the only person to ever be allowed to use it, but form five versus form three. And obviously Obi-Wan wins. He's able to, spend the latter half of that movie defending all of Anakin's attacks. And when I was reading this previously, I was like, I don't know if this is actually how it went, but you watch the movie and Obi-Wan's never attacking. Not once. It is mm-hmm. Anakin pressing the attack the entire time. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting. Yeah. He kind of just sit backs, waits for his opponent to make a mistake and then he capitalizes on it. And that's consistent. Yeah. Always. Um, minus episode one. I think watching Qui-Gon die Obi-Wan came out of the shoot attacking. He was on the attack um, and ultimately doesn't kill Darth Maul. But we think he kills Darth Maul. 
he defeats for all him. intents and purposes he, he kills him yeah he, yeah. he wins convincingly yeah, you, can, you can chalk that up as a, yep. As a yep. w anytime you cut somebody in half sure. i'm gonna call that a win without a doubt 100 um, but you know maybe a little bit that has to do with that is he was the second one coming in to fight he true. already kind of saw darth maul and his fighting style mm-hmm. for a brief period of time mm-hmm. uh you could also credit it to his period of meditation Right, we talk about or how calm he is, yeah, and in yeah. in all moments, and I think that's an a great uh, reflection of how calm he is in in difficult times when, when given the opportunity, he pauses to meditate mm-hmm. before he goes in and kills Darth Maul or defeats him. Right, not kills him because we know how that that story. Right, goes. but most of the people listening is probably don't even know that if Darth, you have if you've yeah, seen Solo, and, I guess is the only if you've seen. Solo a Star Wars where you know that North Maul's alive, but you don't know how or why or, or the Clone Wars Rebel stories, and and it's important. A lot of people, right. I think, don't follow the cartoons strictly because of cartoons. And I've actually held off for the longest period of time and actually only watched Clone Wars fairly recently because because of that. Mm. I consider it to be a kid show, right? Uh, I, I didn't really so. take it serious, and I I didn't know how many important storylines were behind it mm-hmm. uh and then i i gave it a chance and you know i'm glad i did because there's there's just so much there's some cool content so much there. in there and yeah. basically and i've said this on a previous episodes anything that's being released live action on disney plus the content comes from clone wars or rebels yeah and if you haven't watched them you're like who's ahsoka tano and it's who's like, cad bane yeah who's right? cad bane covered like in, that last episode yeah 0.21 seconds i saw this hazy figure with a cowboy hat on tattoos as cad bane and like yeah. it was like like instant crazy moment for me like as a fan and well i think i would argue too even if you don't know who cad bane is you still had that instant crazy mm-hmm. moment as a fan because he just looked so cool he owned right? the screen without he owned a the doubt. screen yeah. you knew immediately before he fired his blaster at all mm. that he was not to be messed he with. meant business and it was not going to end well yeah. for the guy on the other side of his gun right 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 and that's cad throughout the clone wars and i love him uh he's one of my favorite characters obviously we already talked about him but with obi-wan very very similar i think when obi-wan's on the screen he kind of owns the screen you know he's mm-hmm. always the old wise one he's not in episode one he's the it's kind of like Anakin. He's the young spry Padawan that thinks he knows best. Um, rightfully so. He was very gifted in the Force. He was a very gifted duelist. Though Qui-Gon held him back intentionally. This is something I read recently. But Qui-Gon only taught him form and let him practice form one. I don't remember what form was off the top of my head. But form one's very basic attacks and, def- and defense. It's like the most commonly practiced form. Um and Obi-Wan mastered it very quickly. And then on his own, he chose to, to master Form 3 and become a master of defense. And you see that with Grievous. Um, and it doesn't just have to be a lightsaber. It's just the concept of, of having a defensive mindset. It's how he beats Grievous with a blaster. You know, and, and, and you always watch. He's never really on the attack minus Episode 1. Hmm. So it's kind of cool, I think. Yeah, definitely. I definitely see where you're coming from with that. And uh, another thing I kind of wanted to touch on. Mm. So... For those of the the listeners who haven't watched Clone Wars, Obi Wan uh, has a love interest in Satine. He sure does. And uh, I just kind of wanted to ask you what kind of role you think that plays in how he handles Anakin and his relationship with Padme, because Anakin is very 
conservative and not letting anybody know that he is in a relationship mm-hmm. with Padme. Right? Mm-hmm. Anybody close to him can kind of figure it out, but nobody's said anything. Certainly. Right, nobody. And Obi-Wan mentions it in the Clone Wars, right? When Rex is protecting Anakin uh, in whatever uh, closed door that they're behind, mm-hmm. having that conversation with Padme. And Obi-Wan kind of looks at Anakin and says, hey, did you at least tell Padme I said hello? To kind of give a little nod, like, hey, I know what's going on. But just so you know, you're not hiding it from me. Right. And do you think the fact that he was in that relationship with Satine had anything to do with that? Do you think he was kind of understanding where Anakin was coming from? Or do you think he just didn't want to get involved? I think it's both, but I think it's mostly he understood. I think that Obi-Wan cared deeply for Anakin. Um, Like we said previously, he was his master from a very young age. I think the time between episode one and two is over a decade. So there's a lot of stuff that happened in there that's still not covered to this day. There's no film on that, but they grew close. And obviously with Duchess Satine of of Mandalore, you know, Obi-Wan had a love affair um, and they talk quite a bit about it in those, in those episodes. So watch those. I'm not going to talk about it too much, but, um, that ends with Duchess Satine dying at the hands of Maul on Mandalore. And, um, they ex- in front of him. Right. And, and Obi-Wan and Satine exchange I love yous. And it's like, okay, this is obviously serious, you know. And had that event not taken place, maybe Obi-Wan would have left the Jedi Order. Because he said he would. And there's an episode where he said, had you told me to, I'd have left the Order. And it's like, that, that tells you all you need to know right there. You know, this, right. as the Emperor, or Darth Sidious calls it, dogmatic perspective of the jedi on emotional attachments which is silly in my opinion it's like you can't be a good jedi and be married it's like what i could do any other job on planet earth or planet whatever right well there's a reason they strip them of their parents and their families at a young age they don't want any attachment and the fact that obi-wan kind of gives in and says you know i'm okay with this Mm -hmm. i understand this i understand the ways of the jedi and it's okay for me to have this relationship. Uh, I think that says a lot. And because you could, you could argue that Obi-Wan is as by the book Jedi as it gets. He is right. He's pretty by the book. Yeah. Everything he says is exactly by the way of the Jedi and Mm -hmm. he won't tolerate anything else. Right. So given that he is okay with having this relationship, um, I think that says a, a ton about kind of the way of the Jedi and, and how they view, building relationships and creating those connections once their training is completed at least right and i think because at a young age is different it is it is but i think you can find and i will answer the question you asked at some point but i think that you can find tons of examples of emotional attachment with characters you know there's a bunch of hypocrites obviously obi-wan's one of them but i think it was intentional i just think he was so afraid to confront anakin about it and i don't think he ever had to i there. Anakin's naive if he didn't think Obi-Wan knew. Like, it was obvious. It was oh, just yeah. so obvious, in my opinion. And at the end of episode three, as as it's closing, you know, Padme's like, Obi-Wan can help us. Obi-Wan can help us. And Anakin's like, I don't need Obi-Wan. And it's just his arrogance coming through. And I, I wish, I mean, the movies are fantastic. And I love how it all unfolds because it's this perfect, um, you know, tale. It's really, it's like a mixture of mythology in modern times you know or in the future of space i think it's really cool but yeah had padme and 
convinced Anakin that Obi-Wan could help, things would have went differently. And he wouldn't have fell to the dark side. The only reason he fell to the dark side is is his love affairs, the emotional attachment. And obviously Ahsoka mm-hmm. is a part of that, as, as you're learning with Rebels and Clone Wars. She's very important in that too. But uh, I do think things would have went different if Anakin could have trusted Obi-Wan in the fact... Because Anakin witnessed the Obi-Wan Satine saga... You know, he saw it all, and he knew about it. He made comments and jokes in those episodes, so I found that interesting. Yeah, definitely. And you had kind of mentioned how Obi-Wan, when he was first being trained and and brought up, he had that same kind of cockiness as Anakin. Right. And is that Qui-Gon's training, or is that just Obi-Wan and his maturity, right? Because as any of us age, we mm. gain more maturity. Is that, where do you credit that to? His ability to, like, go of emotional attachment? Well, yeah, his his ability to um, really just or justify. Stay, stay calm. And like, like we had talked about how... Mm voice of reason he's really by the book jedi Mm -hmm. all of that stuff um do you think he kind of breaks his old ways of that arrogance and turns a new page into the new by the book way of the jedi Mm -hmm. uh because of qui-gon or do you think that's just from natural maturity because i i almost wonder if obi-wan is trying to break anakin of that yeah and have him turn that page like he did right through his training or if he's kind of just thinking, you know, through his own maturity, it'll happen. I'm wondering if he can kind of draw some sort of connection between himself and what Anakin is going through. I think it's a bit of both. So as we know with Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon kind of didn't follow the rules a whole lot. He was a master, but they didn't let him on the council because he just didn't follow the rules. He did his own thing. And well, I think that's an important part. Yeah, he'd Anakin been, wouldn't be a Jedi. Right? Correct. Because the council correct. didn't want him on because right. of his connection. If Obi-Wan didn't, or, I'm sorry, was. if Qui-Gon didn't die, which I do think this was intentional, like you can you can see that meditation moment in episode one where, in my mind, Qui-Gon is preparing to die. He's, he's preparing for his death. And he knows that for the balance of the Force to be ensured with, and the training of Anakin to be ensured because it had already been denied that Anakin be trained... Um, he had to die. It had something big had to happen. The Sith had to be revealed, and his death would guarantee that the Council would allow Obi Wan to take him on. And his dying words were, "Train him, train him. He's the chosen one." Um, so I think that was big in Obi Wan's mind. I think that was a big shift in Obi Wan, and I think that um, there is emotional attachment there. He didn't want to watch Qui Gon die. You could see the emotional attachment. It wasn't just like how you'd picture Jedi based on this. Mm-hmm this non-emotional attachment thing where it's like, he dies, he dies. You know, it's like, no, he genuinely cared. It was, it was, it was a horrible scene to watch. But I think that it is a natural progression too where there's maturity. And as a Padawan, I think you're going to have these emotional, you're you're fighting against yourself. And then finally you take the trials and become a knight, and which is worth noting. Obi-Wan never took the trials. He didn't have to. He defeat. He was the first person in a thousand years to defeat a Sith Lord. And they automatically promoted him to Jedi Knight. And that's a super important note because the council doesn't like to bend the rules on anything. And they were like, oh, you beat a Sith? Okay, I guess you can be a knight now. So he never took the trials. Um, important to note. But I do think that, I don't know how, but he became more humble 
Whereas a normal person would become cocky with something like that. I imagine if Anakin just, hey, you're a knight because you're Anakin. Because you defeated somebody important. That would have went straight to his head. And it would have went straight to most people's heads. But it didn't. Obi-Wan became more mellow, more wise as time went on. And um, I think he just grew to realize, like, hey, there's a book that dictates how Jedi operate. But there's also a thing called life. And they mm-hmm. happen independently. And if you fall in love, you fall in love. But I can still be a Jedi and and be in love. And I mean, you see that he is able to exemplify that with Satine dying. It's not like he raged out and went crazy like Anakin and killed a bunch of kids or something. Like he was still the professional that we know him as. And Anakin was incapable of doing that for whatever reason. He just couldn't do that. Yeah. And on top of that, when Satine dies, he was promoted to High Jedi General mm-hmm. during the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. So he was at the, you know, top of the top. Mm-hmm. You know, he couldn't go any higher. And he still exhibited that same kind of cool, calm, collectiveness right. that we know Obi-Wan to be. Right. And I don't know off the top of my head who voiced Obi-Wan in the Clone Wars. And somebody's going to jump down my throat for that. But I know that Ewan McGregor, who plays him in... One, two, and three, and then the Obi Wan series studied Sir Alec Guinness's performance in Episode Four, and in Episode Three tried to start to mirror his mannerisms and and and, and dialect leading into A New Hope. Um, but you do see him become very, very wise, and um, it's not super explained actually why he's that way. You know, you actually don't especially in episode two and three, you don't, you don't see just like, Oh, he's this powerful Jedi. You don't, because he loses quite a bit. Um, or at best draws with people, you know, people get away. Um, so it's interesting how that stuff was filmed, but if you read a lot of the backstory stuff, he is very powerful. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's super interesting. And I do think that it is a bit of both that, um, I think as he, you know, there's the book, that dictates how Jedi are, but as you become a knight and you're not being scrutinized constantly, you're like operating independently, just like any job where you're not in training anymore, you know, you start to do it your way. What and and you realize it's just human nature to fall in love, you know, and, and he did. Um, but he, it's how he handled it when it failed, when she died. Mm-hmm. I think super important. Because he could have went to the dark side right then there easily. Oh, yeah. Um and but he didn't, you know. He's through and through a a light character, a good person. Um, and he's got a lot of bad that happened too. So it's crazy. Yeah, no, he's definitely experienced a lot and, uh, he continues to, to push through everything. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when he sees Qui-Gon die, he's still so young. Oh, very. uh, When I, when I, uh, again, went and rewatched the Revenge of the Sith, I was kind of thinking, you know, what would have happened if Anakin watched Obi-Wan die and then had to go train Ahsoka? Because there's a part of me that thinks he never switches over to becoming Vader if he's then placed with 100% responsibility of training Ahsoka. And I'm talking early stages, right? Sure. Before they build that relationship. Because right. that's kind of what, you know, in, in the Clone Wars when Ahsoka's kind of dropped at their feet and they say, you know, you go. Anakin, you're supposed to train him. And he goes, what? No, I, I never asked want, for this. I don't want uh, this. This is not mine. And then for that, that kind of first episode, 
Obi-Wan's like, fine. I'll do it. I'll do it. But we'll figure it out. Yeah. Right? For now, it's me. But until Yoda says otherwise. Mm-hmm. Right? And like in that episode, just just to kind of draw a comparison with, with what Obi-Wan was dealt with Anakin. Mm-hmm. If in that episode, Obi-Wan was killed by Dooku. It completely changes everything, right? And Anakin's right. mindset primarily changes to, she's my responsibility, and I'm going to make sure that I do everything I can to avoid what just happened to Obi Wan. Right. Right. And and I think I think a lot of that because he was so young and so much pressure uh, was put on his shoulders, he was not going to fail. And I think that's what kind of transformed him into being that, like we had talked about already that by the book Jedi. Right. You know, and, and just com- continuing to stay cool, calm, collected and and handle his business like a Jedi should. Yeah, and I think that's what separates him from, from many. Um, you know, and and in Anakin, you know, I it'd be crazy to think, you know, had when Obi Wan fakes his death in Clone Wars, had mm-hmm. he actually have died, you see how emotionally attached Anakin is to Obi Wan. Mm. They play the Vader music. He instantly like, at the funeral. Angry. Yeah, instantly. It. You see it in his eyes. That is yeah. a guy you don't want to piss off ever. Exactly. Like, obviously, it's all traumatic stuff. But when the Tuscans take his mom in Episode Two and he slaughters them all, I don't really blame him. Mm. Um, that's a guy that was destined to go to the dark side, I think. But uh, a lot of events tra- transpired to create that. But Obi Wan didn't deal with minus the death of Satine. He didn't deal with anything that, well, I don't know. The death of Qui-Gon is pretty, pretty big in his life because he never had a father figure. He didn't have brothers or anything. Um, so I do think it's just Anakin knew he was good from the beginning. Even as a slave, he probably knew he was good. He was more capable than other people. and He was just arrogant. And nobody ever set him straight. To include Obi-Wan. I don't know if Obi-Wan ever really... Imagine Mace Windu as his master. It would not have mm-hmm. went the same. I don't. I think that they would have fought quite often. And Mace Windu never liked him. Um, but I just don't think that Obi-Wan had the training style that Anakin needed to keep him good. Because obviously you see Yoda and, and Mace Windu are both always skeptical of Anakin. They're always like, this guy is a ticking time bomb, basically. Um, or, or I don't know if Obi-Wan saw that. I don't think he did. I think he's blind to it. Well... Obi-Wan several times, you know, he, he makes note of Anakin's personality and how mm. difficult he can be. But I, I and, and it's interesting hearing you say that because I personally feel like he, he does kind of try to pull him back in, right? He, he, he pulls back on the reins a little bit and he, he kind of reminds him. Throughout the Clone uh, Wars episodes, he really does. You see it a he lot. He definitely there. reminds him of, hey, you know, I understand why you think you might be the all-knowing, mm-hmm. but there's still a lot you have left to learn. Right. And you might think you might be extremely powerful, but there's still a lot of weakness left in you. Right. And and I feel like he he constantly makes the he he pokes at him a little bit, mm-hmm. so letting him know that he's not a finished product. Right. And. Uh, uh, from from my point of view, I feel like he's exactly what Anakin needed, but like you had also mentioned, Anakin, he there was just too much in him. There was he too was much dark side in him. Destined. He was destined yeah. to go there. Yeah. But but on the on the flip side, 
what saves Mace Windu is the little bit of light he had left in him. Yeah. Right? Because, or what's, I'm sorry, what saves uh, Chan- Chancellor Palpatine right. is a little bit of light he had left in You're him. Because right. he, he says, you know, we I should kill him right now. Mace Windu says, I should kill him right now. And mm-hmm. he said, no, it's not the Jedi way. Right. So even right. in that moment, he said, no, it's not the Jedi way. This is not how it's supposed to go down. Right. Um, if he was full Sith and every ounce of him was bad mm-hmm. at, in that it moment, he would have told Mace, you know, kill him, right. Take, get rid of him. It's for the greater good. But there was still a little sliver of hope left True. in him. And I think that sliver of hope that saved Palpatine is exactly what, um, Obi-Wan continued to chase and yeah. Yeah. Luke continued and never... to chase and eventually kind of got him to flip Mm-hmm. You know, as he's being uh, electrocuted mm-hmm. right in front of Vader's eyes, and and Vader ultimately, um, that's that's what that's what it took for him to to change his mind and right. to to find that little sliver of hope again. But there, it's just it's so conflicting within Anakin, mm-hmm. and and I think Obi Wan knew that from the beginning. And he continued to try to remind him of that, but it, he just ultimately wasn't success, successful because it was, like you said, destiny. It's a tough task to be given the the chosen one. And when that person knows they're the chosen one. Not to think yeah. that Anakin always walked around cocky. I, I mean, he did, but he didn't. I mean, it's a little bit of both, but like the impossible project, you know, the one that just, it just can't be solved. But I'm, I'd like to hear your thoughts on what we're going to see in the Kenobi series, um, how they're going to fill that time between three and four. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of different theories that go around with, with this new, with this new series, uh, just as there was with the book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian. But I think what we're going to see a lot of is Obi-Wan, continuing to search for that little sliver of goodness that he may still have in him. Because like I had said earlier, I really think Obi-Wan feels that, that Mm. there is a little bit of good. And he thinks if anybody's going to bring that out of him, it's me as he should, Mm -hmm. right? He was his Padawan, right? You know, if there's anybody in the world that he respects, then it's going to be Obi-Wan. And so I think what we're going to see a lot of is him, you know, obviously protecting Luke and Leia. Mm-hmm. That's when he becomes the hermit that we know in A New Hope on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. That's his ultimate goal, is protecting Luke and Leia, uh, really overwatching Luke because it's closer. But mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a lot of Leia, and I think a lot of that's already been leaked. That we're going to see like a it, 10-year-old like a Leia, 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 I right. think is what I've read. Yeah. But I think he's going to actively seek Vader, too. I think he's going to go try to find him and bring him back. And and really I like him. that perspective. I really do because Padme's dying words were there's good in him. And that had to resonate. That had to sit there and he knew, he knew the conflict that was always there. Um I that raised a question though and I, I, before I forget it I want to ask it. Um beings that you think and I would agree with you that we're going to see a young Luke and Lee, I would say both, probably. Mm, definitely. And that he's overseeing them and, and, and guarding them. Do we see attempts on Luke and Leia? 
do what's oh. he doing other than just standing there in the corner staring at him? Are there attempts? Are there attacks? So, so I would say yes, but I do not think it's because of what we may think it is because of. I don't think it's people actively trying to kill Luke and Leia because they know that they are Vader's son and Kin. daughter. Right. I don't. I don't think it's that. I think it's because of their surroundings. The I Empire. think you're going to see potentially Tuscan Raiders going after Luke and and his family, right? Because that's just kind of the environment he's in, and that's the threat in the surrounding right. area. Uh, we don't know a whole lot about Alderaan, but you know that uh, Bail Organa is a person of power, and that naturally attracts people with bad intentions. True. And, and you could see people on Alderaan attack their family and mm-hmm. Leia be in some pretty dicey situations. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily people seeking to attack her. And I could be totally wrong, but that's just my well, point I of think, view on it. I think that's an interesting perspective. And I'll bring in... It doesn't count as canon anymore, but in the Legends books, um, which there's a ton of written, but one that I read recently was the Darth Vader one, which basically covered his early years as Darth Vader. Um, and he goes to Alderaan in the book and, um, he fights They're they're random in this book. They're random Jedi that I didn't even care about that survived the great purge. Um, basically by hiding out and they end up on Alderaan and, um, he ends up fighting them and, and killing several of them. And knows nothing about Leia. And Bale and his wife are just trying to hide Leia the whole time. Um, so I think you're right. I don't think he's going to know about Leia. Um, but I would pose with all... It'd be interesting. Does the Emperor know about Luke and Leia at this point? He knew everything about Padme. And, mm-hmm. and two, he knew... I mean, look, he created... The, this is... As much as this is a story about Anakin, it's a story about Sheev Palpatine too. Because he orchestrated everything that ever happened. Right. And he's brilliant. Do you think he knew about them? He knew they were pregnant. He could I, feel right? it. Right? Or did he I know that? He I think it. he did. Yeah, why wouldn't he? Right. And they're if force he sensitive, them, right? Yeah, if he can feel their presence when they're older, mm. then why would it be any different right. when they're younger? I, right. You know, and, and somebody might have an answer for that, but I just, I don't see why not. Right, and, but that doesn't necessarily mean he knows exactly where they're. They I don't are think he knows again, where they and, are, and they have any reason to go right. actively search Alderaan or Tatooine right. and find either. Well, one that of brings them. the next question I wanted to ask you, and that is, I'm willing to gamble that the Emperor knows about them, and I bet he just assumes they're force sensitive because the Skywalker blood is so strong. Yeah. Obviously, with Anakin being the chosen Which one, he fair. has kids. Like you could assume they're going to be pro athletes, just like Dad was, right? So well and. Padme was no scrub either. No, no, no. She's fantastic for yeah. who she was. Obviously not force sensitive, but very good. Right. Um, but it's great. Still, yeah, they're yeah. getting her genes. Right. So, do you think that the Emperor would risk telling Vader so early in his plan, still developing, that his children are out there and they're force sensitive and we need them? They're beneficial to us. It's risky because it's too early in the plan, in my opinion, to do that. But I don't know. Do you think it's worth them doing? Yeah, I think, like you said, it's risky and it's too early in the plan. It ultimately depends on where he feels that he uh, that Vader is in his progression, mm-hmm. right? If he feels that he's completely uh, turned Sith and there's zero hope for him going back and right. it's, it's going to be 
join me or die, mm-hmm. right? Then he may because, very good because uh, he's going to be highly motivated to find them. Right. And if he does and he, he convinces them to join his side, then Palpatine is going to benefit from that. Right. And if he kills them, Palpatine is going to benefit from, from that as well. So I guess it just depends on where he feels Vader is and his in progression. His progression. Like I said. Now, it is worth noting that I do think it's canon. Yeah, it is canon because of the way Return of the Jedi ends and how it kills Vader. His suit, which is obviously built by Palpatine's people, the Achilles heel that's built into it is electricity. Like Sith lightning will defeat that suit every single time. That's the that's the mechanism built into tame him so to speak um so the emperor knows or we'll just call him Darth Sidious he's the emperor politically but I like referring to him by a Sith title you know Darth Sidious he knows and the rule too like the apprentice always tries to kill the master and then they have their own apprentice and that's how it just works and they're vicious I mean you see it even with uh Savage Press Mm -hmm. and Darth Maul right right? he challenges him and he has to put him in his place right every time and And that's that's how it happens I feel like that's like the smallest scale because he's not even an emperor at that point he's still kind of trying to find his way but I'm sure you'll get into that with a a Maul episode well and I want to start talking Sith because that's there's a lot of fun I don't know I love Sith characters and I don't think they get enough coverage and Star Wars is one of the stories where there's bits of it where I'm like why can't the bad guy just win this time you know I remember remember episode one i wanted maul to win so i love obi-wan but as a kid i was like maul has to win he's too oh, cool yeah he's one of the most intimidating yeah cool looking yeah. bad guys of all time right. and what you really see with him too uh in phantom menace when you first see him is that he's so quiet right you he don't like you can't really lines. gain any uh opinion on him other than the way he looks and the way he fights just intimidating which is 10 out of 10 yeah and ray park is who plays him and ray park had like a few lines. the only thing he basically said was alas we will have our revenge that's yeah. like the only thing he says but ray park is i don't remember what he does and other than being an actor but he is um basically like a stunt guy okay. in real life so he did all his own stunts everything that darth maul did in that movie all the flips and stuff he that's what he does in real life on his own time and I've actually reached out to him. He hasn't replied. Worth noting, but I'd All love right. to have yeah. him on this podcast. Let's put, yeah, so, behind it. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. We're gonna wish Give Ray Park. Chance. I've reached out to Ray Park's people, and hopefully they'll reply. But I would love to have him on here. That'd be really cool. But um, it's crazy, and and the fact that Obi Wan beat him, I was so sad. I remember watching that, and I didn't understand as a kid. All the politics that goes into Star Wars, but I remember being like the Phantom Menace. It's oh, it's Darth Maul. Obviously, Darth Maul is the Phantom Menace, but then. You realize it's not. It was always Darth Sidious the whole time. But um, Maul was just a, a pawn, like like Anakin, like Dooku, like every other person that ever met Sidious. So, um, but I'm excited for that series. I think it'll be really good. I think it could be it could be done really well or really bad. If yeah. if they book a Boba Fett, um, the Kenobi series, I'm not gonna be happy. I'm just. It, this is like make or break for like the actual Star Wars fans because this is a character you can't mess up. Yeah, no, I get it. And uh, before we go any further, I do want to touch on one more thing mm. that I kind of thought about what could happen in this new series. And I know uh, you and I had talked about this off air, but in A New Hope, when Obi-Wan looks to Luke and, and pulls out uh, Anakin's lightsaber right. and says, your father wanted you to have this, when you came of age, mm-hmm. right? Or I'm paraphrasing. I'm sure I, sure I missed a word or two. But he, he, he says this 
And in none of the movies or animated series or anything, do you see Vader, Anakin, anybody turn to him and say, give this to my son. Because for all we know, right, he doesn't even know that he has a son or daughter until Luke confronts him. So I wonder if in this new series, you're going to see Obi-Wan approach Vader and they have a duel of sorts and somehow it gets revealed that Luke and Leia are alive. And, and he, he says to him, yeah. and, and this, is, this is maybe just wishful thinking, he says to him those words, that if I do have a son, give him my lightsaber when he becomes of age. And maybe, maybe Obi-Wan, uh, you know, approaches him and tries to give it back to him and say, you know, I know there's still good left in you. If that's the case, then take this blue saber, right? Mm-hmm. And ditch that red one and come back. Right. Right. And I think that's a, a high possibility because that's one thing that every time I've revisited and watched a new hope, I always think, no, he did not. Uh, or at least happened. we don't know. Like don't it's lie not on to screen. Him. Don't lie yeah. to him. Right. But also well, he lies he's, to been him lied twice. To, he's been lying yeah. to him for a while. Really? Right. I would hate to be Obi-Wan because it's like, it's a tough who's my dad? It's yeah. like, oh, it's a where tough do I begin? Be for sure. Yeah. Because he also says like, he's like, who was my father? And he's like, your father was killed by a Jedi Knight, Darth Vader, who but fell to the dark side, blah, 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 blah. In blah. a way. Yeah. He was. Right. right. No, he's not lying, but you can see like, he even, yeah. Obi-Wan's like, I remember watching on the screen, he's like, uh, well, how do I say this in a different manner? Yeah. You know, and, I feel for him because those are those pointed questions you don't want to. He's just not ready for the answer yet, you know? Yeah. And Luke goes through the progression that Anakin does that we don't really get to see because there's a 10 year gap, but young, immature, no training, full of emotion. That's Luke and, 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 well, basically everything until Return of the Jedi when he shows up and at Jabba's Palace as this Jedi Knight with a new lightsaber in black. And they put him in black intentionally, so they teased us. Of him going to the dark side, which I, I don't know, black's just the coolest color ever. But um, I, I, Obi Wan had to do it. He could, could you imagine Luke? His parents are about to die in like five minutes in that movie. He's hanging out with crazy old Ben, who everybody's like, "This is the village idiot. Don't hang out with him." He's at his house, gives him this lightsaber, and he's like, "Oh, by the way, your dad is like the guy basically running the empire right yeah. now." I don't think that went very He's well. He's the reason you live in fear. Yeah. Right? Like, imagine how that would have went. You yeah. Know? No, and, and I, I'm glad you brought that up to old Ben because it bugs me every time watching any of the, you know, A New Hope, mm-hmm. anytime I, I revisit it. If you're truly trying to hide, ditch the robe, dude. Like, <laughs> what are like you? You Jedi. look like a Jedi. You sound yeah. like a Jedi. Like, just because you don't show me your lightsaber doesn't mean anything. But he uses it. In the cantina, in A New Hope, to cut off, to kill the guy that is like, I've got the death sentence on 12 systems. But it's like anybody who's anybody, and it's not like he's been in hiding his whole life. Like, there's so many people who know who he is. He's famous. I mentioned before, he was the high Jedi general. Like, there's so many people who know who this guy is. And if he really wanted to hide, like, put on a mask or... Right. Whatever. There's so many other ways you could hide in Star Wars, and this dude's still just toting his robe, walking around like a Jedi. Right. And it's just it's it it, it amuses me for some me. reason. It it's funny. Me. It's yeah. It's you can find humor in it, but it's just it just so yeah, it doesn't what seem I think, realistic. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But I think I can. 
I can justify it and, and understand it yeah. and in George Lucas's mind because he wrote A New Hope, which was called not even A New Hope at the time, just Star Wars um, in, in the early 70s. And fast forward to episode three, which is 2005. There's like a lot of years that went by and you got to revisit this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, what other movie had that much... What other movies have went on for 45 years as of yeah. May 25th? N- none. You know what I mean? So the fact that we're still getting it is crazy. But, um, yeah, man, it's, this guy writes all these scripts all these years apart. And maybe that's a detail he chose to overlook. Maybe not. I don't know. Mm. But either way, I, what I, the way I'm, like, okay with it is I want to recognize Obi-Wan as a Jedi. And in, in A New Hope, we've never seen a Jedi until we meet Obi-Wan. And we – like, you got to think – you got to realize – you see old men, and you're like, all Jedi resemble old men in some way. How? All those robes. So I think it was important that they had to show us Jedi in that way. And the only reason we're even complaining about this is the way the films are released. Yeah, you know, They're backwards, right? Intentionally. Um, but we had to understand what a Jedi looks like. And Luke had to know what a Jedi looks mm-hmm. like. That's super important. Um, but it is funny, because it's like, you went yeah. to Tatooine. You're dressed, you're still wearing, the, you don't even change your clothes. You're wearing right. the same clothes, man. Changing your name has no difference if you're hiding out and you're not talking right. to anybody. You kept Nobody's the Kenobi name. name. Right, right. It is funny. It is amusing. And I, I bet there'll be some kind of detail told there. But at least we know for a fact that Anakin absolutely hated tattooing and refused to step foot on it ever again. And I know yeah. in the books, excuse me, in the comics that's confirmed. But for most people who listen to this, they, they probably haven't read any of that stuff. So... But Anakin hates tattooing. We, we, he doesn't like sand. The, his mom. There's just nothing good there. He's a slave, you right. know. So it's on the outer rim. What's important yeah. going on yeah. there? Yeah. Right. So I think it's uh, it is interesting. But oh, oh, maybe they'll cover that stuff. I hope. I hope it. The first episode opens with something along the lines of like a really emotional moment with with Obi Wan wherever he's hanging out. At. I don't know. Maybe he's drinking at some like. Most Espa bar that nobody's at, and and is like talking to himself, and you, and you hear him saying like he maybe he's crying or something. And he's like, I I could have saved him. I could have prevented all this. This could have been. I could have done something different. Yeah. You know, and seeing like this this emotional struggle within him, that'd be really cool to see. I think. But yeah, well, I definitely think he puts a lot of the weight on his shoulders, mm-hmm. and I want to see that. And it's the weight of the literal universe. Yeah, we, everything that transpired is because of in Obi Wan's perspective, mm-hmm. him. You know. I don't think he is. I don't think he's in a spot where he can be like, "Well, Ahsoka Tano has a lot to do with it. Padme has a lot to do with it. The, the Emperor has a lot to do with it. It's probably just him. I failed him. Even I mean, those are his words. Like, I failed you, Anakin. I failed you. So interesting. But this is a make or break series. It is. I think if they get this one wrong, and I'm gonna go on my Robert Rodriguez tangent again. Yeah. If Robert Let's Rodriguez <laughs> brings Spy Kids to the Kenobi series, I'm boycotting Star Wars. I, I will make a Harry Potter podcast because yeah. um, you will have destroyed it for me. So here, let me just get this straight. You don't want any techno. You don't want any laser bike stuff. No. Anybody no. built by robots? The built by robots is okay because <laughs> yeah, okay. Anakin is built by robots. I, I'm, I'm just, okay with I'm just that. going back to thinking everything off the top of my head right, in that right. episode of Book just, of Boba Fett when you hear the, you know, I that hate, old techno music it. and it's just like, what is this? This what is, is going not on? Star Wars. And everybody, I mean, if you... <laughs> Sorry if you're 16 years old and this is the first Star Wars you've ever watched in your life. But those of us that have been alive a little longer, it's not like that before. I promise there were better days. It didn't... All that felt so forced and I just couldn't stand it. I 
Tatooine is a dirty, dusty, violent planet, and you've got these brand new Crayola-colored bikes with yeah. these kids that you've never seen before. Yeah, and these kids are supposed to be oppressed, right? They're like, "Wait, there's no jobs, and we're stealing water. Why, why are y'all wearing blazers and stuff? Like, it yeah. doesn't even make it." I just hated it. I wish they all would have died in that last episode. And they didn't, sadly. But I wanted everyone. I wish the Rancor hey, well, would have killed them. You don't have any issues with Fennec that I know of. No, it's I like It's a good Fennec. thing that She's they cool exist story. because they are a reason Fennec is still alive, That's true. right? That's so you true. can just tie it into a positive yes. and we'll just yes. let bygones be bygones. If it, okay, I will rest it at if the Rancor would have accidentally stepped on the speeder bikes and just destroyed them, I'd have been okay, okay it's with the, that. So it's the bikes. Yeah, yeah. it's the bikes okay. mostly. That's and fair. the wardrobe choices. But um, yeah, and Robert Rodriguez is not directing any Kenobi. It's actually, I want to say the first series they've had strictly one director. It's Deborah Chow, and she did a few episodes of Mandalorian. They were all good. I think her biggest one was when the the ATAT Walker comes out, and that yes. gang has it. That's her one of her famous episodes. But she gets all of Obi Wan, and okay. it's only six episodes, but they're all an hour. Um, so it's so the first time they've had a series only that's six, one huh? director. Yeah, but they're all an hour. Okay, all of them. Yeah, because I know. Book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian was, well, they were all eight. Seven. Seven was Book eight? of Boba Fett. I don't remember all the men. Okay, I thought, those were, I thought those were eight. I could be misremembering. Uh, they may have been eight, but but they're all different directors. Right. But it, what's, it sounds cool to have one director, but the downside is in Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, the cool episodes were always the Dave Filoni ones, and, and we're not getting that in Kenobi, so I don't know. But Ahsoka and Cad Bane showed up in... Dave Filoni's this ep- uh, book of Boba Fett, and then in season two Mandalorian, it was Ahsoka showed up there as her first introduction. So we always got these cool characters. They were just the best episodes when he directed yeah. them. He should be directing more. I did- well, hopefully, you know, regardless of the director, Ewan McGregor is able to sell it. it. Yeah, yeah, sell it, and he he brings it with him, and it it makes it brings everything that Star Wars fans want to see. But right? I swear, if he's Hanging out at Luke's house, watching him from like a mile away, like he always is, and you see them damn speeder bikes go by, yeah. and they're bright yellow, and it, and it's like, or hey, I'm if gonna, there's six I'm episodes, let's at least make like make two, the best of it, three please. of them at Alderaan. Yeah, don't have let's, the Mandalorian it, show up. Yeah, let's take it off a of Tatooine for yeah. once. And it sounds like they're going to. That's what I read. Is there's yeah. going to be a water planet, but. uh yeah, please don't have the Mandalorian just show up and steal two episodes of the six week. And I know the timeline doesn't yeah. have but just, you know what I mean. Like, have Maul show up randomly. But well, well, actually, I wouldn't hate that. I, there, There's going to be some conflict with Maul. I, maybe. I don't know. I don't know where they're going to go yeah, with that. Yeah, no, but. that'll be interesting, definitely, because of, you know, where it's synced up with mm-hmm. when Maul seeks him out on Tatooine right. with, you know basically using Ezra to we could see lure that. in Obi-Wan. Because we're gonna get Ezra in the Ahsoka series. Yeah. And will I'm, will this yeah, will this include Maul at all? Right. And I feel it like it shouldn't. It could. Um, no, I don't think it's if not it, necessary. If it did and then they didn't include the scene where he kills Maul, I just don't think it would tie together because nobody's gonna go back and it. watch all of Rebels. We don't need to see that again. No. So I think it would probably be after the fact. I would but, hope so. But to your point, we just don't need to have a full episode based completely on a different character. No, don't filler. You know, we don't need we don't need an entire episode of just Bail Organa. Right. As important as it may be, it, it, I want to important. see Obi Wan. Yeah. I am that, going that's to turn why we on call it the series this, that. this series because of Obi Wan. Right, right. And this is 
at least for me, the most anticipated series, even with all the other stuff I know about that they're making. Um, even the Acolyte. I don't even know if we've talked about that yet, but there, there's a show about the Sith Acolytes, and it's all about the dark side, and that'll be that'll be a really cool thing, and that yeah, probably sure. the, one of the ones that I look forward to the most. But this, you can't get this wrong. This it's so big, important. Yeah, it's yeah. it's crucial. Um, and just the other day, I read that they're talking uh, a new trilogy that's the resetting of the Jedi Order. It's going to be like the new three movies are going to be about the new Jedi Order. And then what is that? Who's going to Ray? And who else? Ray, Ezra. I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting. But that's what I don't know. I think that's a terrible direction for it. But I think they just need to let's do something totally different. But um, anyways, that has nothing to do with Obi-Wan. But. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I get it. I definitely see where you're coming from. Let's transition to a new segment of the show that we're calling Black Spire's Best Batch, where we go over the character's top moment, top quote, and our biggest what-if scenario. Did you ever hear the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? Don't think so, sir. I'm only a droid and not very knowledgeable about such things. All right, let's get into it. What do you think is your top Obi-Wan Kenobi moment? My top moment, that's tough because there's so much cool stuff, but I think my top moment for Obi-Wan is seeing him come into his own right and, and defeating Darth Maul in episode one, like the actual acknowledged one on screen, um, that that made him. That moment is the only reason Obi-Wan becomes Obi-Wan. If that doesn't happen, he doesn't take on Anakin and the galaxy doesn't get destroyed because of, literally, he beats Darth Maul, galaxy gets destroyed. <laughs> his fault in a sense i guess but <laughs> yeah no i love that you said that because i literally have the same one written down do you that's yeah, awesome I and mean, we haven't looked at this at we, all yeah we this. haven't and i i'm you know i'm hiding my screen as we speak mm. thinking you're you're copying off right. my notes now right. because you read it word for word <laughs> but yeah defeating darth maul and officially becoming a jedi knight mm-hmm. uh is big enough in its own sense but then on top of that, basically that leading to him taking on Anakin and, uh, or as a, as his Padawan after promising that to Qui-Gon mm-hmm. is, is basically the series. It, it, yeah, if that, that doesn't happen, happen, then you don't have any of these movies the way that they happen. No, there's no need. Like it's written and directed by George Lucas. Roll the credits. It's over. Yeah. There's nothing else. There's no, yeah. If, if uh, Qui-Gon lives and Obi-Wan dies, they don't, they don't let Anakin become a Jedi. Yeah. And then, I don't know, what happens to Anakin? He probably becomes a Sith anyways, I guess. they Somebody would find him. You know, Sidious would find him regardless. But, yeah, you know, at the end of that movie, um, he's not the Chancellor at that point. He's I think he's just a senator from Naboo, Palpatine. But he, yeah. like, looks at Anakin. He's like, we'll be watching your career with great interest. And it's yeah. like, oh, yep, already. Episode one. He already knows. Yeah. He already like, knows cool. from the Sith, minute. Yeah. Sith Lord, let's go. Well, and I think... Both Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon realize that mm-hmm. when they run the test on his blood the and they find his midichlorian count is that of Master Yoda's. Higher than Master Yoda's. Yeah. Higher than Master Yoda's. Yeah. And it was just off the charts, right. basically. Right. And, and they're like, okay, there's something with this dude. Yeah. Right. And whether that's good or bad, we're fixing to find out. And, and you can tell that there was some reservation from Obi-Wan. Uh, when as he read that, right? But, you know, Qui Gon's like he's sold on the prophecy. It. He's this like, this it. has got to be the guy. That's the dude. That's who and it's funny because they talk about this prophecy and Anakin being the one to fulfill the prophecy. It's just based on a midichlorian count. There's nothing else. There's literally nothing else. There's that they nothing have. else, but that's a big piece. It's huge. No, it's super. Especially important. when you're comparing anything to Yoda. Right, but what if? 
what if, and it's not probably true, but what if there was a guy out there that had more? And yeah. he was the person. No, that's a great question. Yeah. I don't think there nobody was. Nobody knows, but not. nobody had seen it. Yeah. So Right, and I'm not George Lucas. I didn't write this. Yeah. So he's never going to be on this podcast. He would never even respond to me. <laughs> but that's the guy to have on if you got questions, because he wrote the whole thing. Oh, but, sure. Um, yeah. No, yeah, moving on, though. Yeah, okay, so the next one that we had discussed was uh, the top quote. Okay. And uh, just so that I know you're not copying <laughs> off my notes on this one, I'll, I'll open up. You but it's good. I already know it's probably going to be the same. Yep. But uh, it's over, Anakin. I have the high ground. That's a good one. Uh, that's a good one. And, and, I and, and here's why I say it. Because I think it's bigger than just him being on a higher surface than him. Mm-hmm. I think he really say, says it kind of metaphorically, too, as in you know, I've turned to the way of the Jedi and I've avoided the way of the dark side. Mm -hmm. And in that matter, I will always be on a higher pedestal. Morally. I'm a morally better person. I am better than you in every sense of the word. I've like, I try and bested you in this saber duel. Right. And I'm a just better person because I've uh, decided not to give into that temptation to the dark side yeah. and basically come at me and you'll see exactly how so. Right. And it's just, it's perfect. Yeah. Every, and w- every bit of it. And you've already said it's your favorite lightsaber duel. It and, is. And this is the best way to cap it off. I think you're absolutely right. And since you picked that one, I will pick a di- There are so many Kenobi quotes like, hello, there's one of my favorites. Um, I've got a bad feeling about this and I'll just go yeah. with that for the humor. I, that became a famous thing in Star Wars. It is just everybody says it, and 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 Luke George Lucas even admits it became humorous. That let's just incorporate yeah. this. I have a bad feeling about this, and it's everywhere. And I love that like the Star Wars fans know like oh that's intentionally put there. But um, my mind's not as cool as that. I was gonna say hello there because it's a super famous Kenobi quote. Yeah. But um, no, I do think that it's very deep with um, having the high ground. I do think it's morally. I think it's far more than just tactically. Um, and obviously, Anakin pays for it, um, which is a good thing because if that event didn't transpire, Anakin goes on to become not just the strongest Jedi ever, but the most powerful Sith ever. And I don't think he could be defeated had he not been chopped up and burned. The mm-hmm. fact that his body was like, he's dead, basically, is the only reason he was defeatable. If that didn't happen, things would, he would have defeated Sidious and went on to rule... Until he died, basically. Yeah. He would have fulfilled, just as Bring there's a Jedi, Jedi prophecy and, yeah. that speaks of bringing balance. There's a Sith one. I don't remember what it's called off the top of my head. But there is a Sith prophecy that almost mirrors the Jedi prophecy. And it's about bringing the Sith into greatness. And he would have fulfilled that one instead. Yeah. So, interesting. Yeah, no, I'll have to look into that. The That's bringing yeah. the Sith into greatness. Because, really, you could see Dooku... Uh, as potentially falling into that mm-hmm. too, right? Because he was brought up as a Jedi and then he turned and... He's a master. He's, he's a Yoda's master. apprentice and, and he's a master. Yeah, he was incredible at in his one-on-one combat mm-hmm. and there's so many reasons to think that maybe he was it. Mm-hmm. And then Sidious was like, no, you know, Anakin is more powerful. And, and, and that's, proved why it. He w- that's why he, he told proved him, it. kill yeah. him, because as I watch you kill him, then I'm yeah. going to know you're the next. Right. Dude. You're the next Right, one you're up. next. Yeah. And that was the first, well, the first important step towards the dark side was the Tuscan, the murdering of all the Tuscans. Um, mm-hmm. But the first one that like really, 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 really mattered was right there where he listened to his new master. Because On he command, had, no problem. Yeah, he had gone through all of the training. He knew. Right. He said he knew it better. before he did it that it was not right. That situation is no different than 
the Mace Windu one you're talking about. It was yeah. no different, and he acted entirely different. But it's, he had a different voice in his ear. He had the his, That was the voice. That was the guy that was like, hey, I'm on your team. I'm yeah. on your team. And he was... He was pumping him up from the beginning, you know. Yeah. I'm sure there's stuff that we don't even know about on screen, you know, that, that happened from when he was a boy, conversations, things like that. But, yeah, no, yeah, that's a, that's a good one, though. But uh, moving on to the next one. Yeah, so the next one is the biggest what if. Okay. And so I'll pass it back over to you to start on this one. Obi-Wan's biggest what if. Well, Mustafar, um, and you're probably going to say the same thing, but... And maybe not, but what happens if Obi-Wan loses? What happens to the entire transformation of the galaxy? Because obviously, mm-hmm. really, the way that the Empire is formed doesn't change because it's still... Yeah. His Anakin's he's still, still the apprentice. He's right. just not in a suit. He's still Darth Vader. But I think as I... I'll echo what I said previously. Anakin will become the most powerful Sith of all time. He will defeat Sidious as Sidious foresaw. He tells Yoda in Episode 3 that Anakin will become more powerful... Lord Vader will become more powerful Sith than you or I. And and that's true. That's the prophecy. So if Obi-Wan doesn't beat him, or limit him, limit him, we'll say, um, that's supposed to happen. Um, so I think that things transpire differently. But does he still turn back to good? Luke still exists, yeah. no matter what. So what happens? What would be the cataclysm to bring him back to the good? Because I do think he fulfills the prophecy. It's just in a really roundabout, murderous way. But yeah. he still fulfills it by coming back. Well, in a way, I feel like he can hide behind the Vader mask. Mm-hmm. And so if he defeats Obi-Wan and he doesn't have, he doesn't turn to Vader and he's just plain old Anakin as we know it, just mm-hmm. with those, you know, sinister yellow the Sith eyes, eyes. Yeah. then, you know, I don't think he can hide as much. And I think in a way that maybe leaves the door open for him coming back because more people know exactly who he is. Right. For instance, Ahsoka, when they face off in Rebels, mm-hmm. Uh, she doesn't need to crack his helmet to, to hear know his that voice. that's Anakin. She right. looks at him right away, and if he has to look her dead in the eyes before they even face off... There's a good chance. There's a good chance. He's like, you know what? You are who I really like. put all of myself into, right. and... I'm sorry. There's or, a chance. There's and, a chance. And oh. he was also pretty far gone, I think, by that point. Yeah. But I, I do think he hid behind that mask. Yeah. And I also think there's a piece of him that liked it. That he loved that power. I think he always, and he says in episode three throughout the whole thing where he's like, I want more. And I don't know why, but I, I deserve more. They're holding me back. And then once he was able to have more, yeah. he just wanted more and more and more. And I think, I ultimately think he went back to the light side through diff- differently, but through Luke. But um, I think he went on to become a very powerful Sith. He would over, he would have killed Sidious, which he did, not to make fun of the new Star Wars movies, but he did, he didn't. It's very confusing, never explained, and I'll leave it at that. But um, I think things would have happened similarly, but he wouldn't have had the bionic suit, and he became a very powerful Sith. Well, he he was tell- still a very powerful yeah. Sith, but he, but he was like one-fifth of a man, you know? Yeah. I can tell you this. Kylo Ren would not have a helmet. No, no. And Kylo Ren's because not he's not Sith chasing. Anyways. No, right, but he's but, not chasing Vader, right? No, the, the, he kind of right. says, like, in a way, the only reason he kind of 
looks the way he does is because he wants to be Im- like Vader. immortalize Vader's grandfather. Yeah, and I I don't think he chases that helmet intimidation factor. Right, because Adam Driver's face is not very intimidating. I think he's like the best part of the oh, new movies inc- personally. He's an incredible actor, but you his face is it. not intimidating no, at all. It's not. No, and he's just like Anakin. He yeah. can't control his emotions either. But um, again, that's another character arc that. It follows Anakin's. They like made the cheap, very short version of Anakin yeah. with, with Kylo Ren. And I don't hate Kylo Ren. I actually, I actually think he's the only one of the few good things that came out of the the prequel or the, I'm sorry, the the sequel trilogy. Right. Um, I like him. Well, and but, anybody who fell in love with the original three is gonna feel that way. Yeah, I think. Uh, but they've also, especially you know, Disney's got to turn that new page and invite that new. Uh, era of mm-hmm. a fan in and I still think they've done a great job well, with it. They did. I think there's they a did. ton of little girls running around there wanting to be Ray. They they and there's did still their job. a ton of little boys dressing up as, you know, Kylo Ren for Halloween. And that's I literally, ultimately we, what it means. Yeah. Uh, that's that's what it's all about. Yeah, and and some people would sit there and say it's just the money pot and of course that has a lot to do with it. But for yeah, people like me, people like you and and, and the rest of the fans it's, I'm just happy to have content. If mm-hmm. Disney didn't acquire Lucasfilm in 2012, you wouldn't have content. It would They'd ultimately, and I hate to say this, but it would ultimately die out. Yeah. And, right? and, if they didn't and, continue to create that Star Wars content, right. there wouldn't be that next thing uh, to look forward evolution, to. Or that yeah. next generation, I should say, of uh, Star Wars fan. I wouldn't be podcasting. I wouldn't be sitting here. Yeah. I, I'm not going to talk. Like, I can talk <laughs> about the original six movies as long as I want, and I could probably make it last for a yeah. few years, but it's so cool to have new content to look forward to and be like, we get Star Wars. I yeah. loved with, and I'm sad that even though the Book of Boba Fett was not my favorite, I still loved it because I love Star Wars. I don't care. They could put out the worst thing ever, and I'm still going to like it because it has the Star Wars part to it. But mm-hmm. I loved waking up every Wednesday and being like, man, I got an episode. I got an episode. I grabbed my Mandalorian cup of coffee, and I sat down and we watched it. And and good, bad, and different. Even the episodes that Boba Fett forgot to show up to, I still loved them, you know, because it's Star Wars. Right. And that's the cool part. Whether they write it wrong or, or good, I still like it either way. You right. know, it's cool to have content. Well, my biggest what if, I think, is, uh, you know, it's related to Obi-Wan, but kind of indirectly is, mm. what if Qui-Gon had not been defeated by Darth Maul? Mm. If Qui-Gon, in that moment, defeats Darth Maul, yeah. Qui-Gon likely takes on Anakin, Right. He was the one that was kind of pushing for him the well, whole time. Tried. I know, well, I know he, he was, and you, you talked about this earlier too. Mm. He had tried. The he council denied, denied it. Something bad had to have happened. But I guess that's the. It's just really the question being asked: What would happen? Would Anakin have even been given? He the became opportunity? a Sith. Would he have been given the opportunity to be trained? No, I don't think so. I think that the council, even still after his death, reluctantly. Allowed Obi Wan. The, the council recognized Obi Wan's legitimacy because he was the first person to kill a Sith in a thousand years. That coupled with it being Qui Gon's dying wish, they honored Qui Gon because he was a, a was a master and, and well respected mm-hmm. within the order. So I think they reluctantly were like, "Okay, you can train the boy," even though we're all like, "This is a terrible idea." And I do think that the the highest of the council, Yoda, Mace Windu. Like, this is a terrible idea. And they act like that throughout all the movies. They're mm-hmm. like, this is still a terrible idea. And, well, it turned out to be a terrible idea. But yeah. um, uh, I, I think that's a cool, interesting look because I still think Anakin becomes a Sith no matter what. 
I do. So he's just found Sidious finds him. Sidious just no reason to take on Dooku at that point. He finds Anakin at a young age. Well, he might take on Dooku just for a shorter time. He's just a puppet shorter. Because Anakin as a young boy is not very useful. But once he gets into his teen years and stuff, he he can be a Sith apprentice, uh, I think, at that point. I think he's destined to be a Sith. Sidious knows he's out there. He met him, and I think that quote in episode one is the only reason I say that. We'll watch your crew with great interest. I think that that shows from a very young age. uh, Well, and there's a reason for that. We were like, we didn't even talk about it, but... He blew up the Trade Federation ship that was controlling all the droids on Naboo. As as like a little kid, he's like, let's try spinning. That should work. That's a cool trick. Like, he's the hero. He's yeah. the, he has no idea what he's doing. And he, and he uses, I mean, I'm assuming he uses the Force to do all that stuff. And Sidious knows it. He's like, there's, there's no way this, like, little boy just won a space battle by himself. Like, it didn't happen that way, you know? So, yeah. I think he becomes a Sith regardless. Yeah, well, and I think, you know... Let's say he doesn't. Does Darth Maul's character arc change? Does he still live? Yeah. Right? If he's defeated by Qui-Gon, does his upper half fall into that drainage whatever pit? It is. Whatever yeah. it is. And does he live? And then does he come back rather than you know seeking revenge on Obi-Wan? Is he trying to kill Qui-Gon? And... Let's just assume everything like that goes exactly as planned, as, as we've seen it, right? Which it likely wouldn't, but let's just say it does. Um, when Maul approaches Palpatine and basically says, you know, I've come back. And I'm, I'm here and I'm, I'm back with a vengeance. Does Palpatine turn a shoulder and say, you know, I'm done with you. I have another purpose for you. I've already found my new apprentice in... Anakin, right? Because if Anakin's gone, right, then maybe he takes him back. I mean, there's so many I different doors that open up, but I think a lot of what happens next really starts with Maul. And does I he do. does he live? Well, and he's a he's such a cataclysm in all of well in, throughout Clone Wars and Rebels. Like people don't realize that the fans are why Maul came back. Like Rebels came out several years after the the prequel trilogy concluded and people were so pissed that maul got nothing like he was the it was mostly because he was cool looking and let's just be honest he had a double blade of lightsaber oh, yeah. he's cool looking 100%. something we've never seen before and and he and that that lightsaber scene that final duel all we had before that was the prequel trilogy or i'm sorry the the original trilogy and those lightsaber battles aren't very good we know that and we see this like Oh, this has changed this. And you killed him. You killed him. In in like a half hour, he's dead. And the fans complained and complained, and that's why Dave Filoni resurrected him and gave him such a compelling story. So I do think Maul's important, but I do still think, and I think it's just a Sith way. Insidious is just he's just a cool character. He's just a this this bad mother effer that like of course he's going to turn his back on his former Padawan. His Padawan comes back, and I'm sure Sidious is just like weakness. You know, yeah. I, I don't remember his words, but it's probably something like that. Yeah, he's always looking for that. He's like, yeah, he's ashamed that he's still alive. That's why he went and dealt with it personally. He's like, Who, what is this like fake Sith uprising that these two shenanigans people are running? I'll go deal with this personally. And he does, obviously. He's the most powerful Sith Lord ever. Um, which that didn't get covered enough, in my opinion, in the movies. We... There needs to be like a five-hour Revenge of the Sith cut that like shows us who Darth Sidious actually is and why he's who he is. Because you don't get enough. You get like 
you get several a few minutes of it, but it's not enough. Well, I think we get plenty of like the intellectual side yeah, of that's, Sidious and, that's and cool. why he's so brilliant. You got three movies really, of that. Really, most of his power comes from that mm-hmm. and the ability to like persuade mm-hmm. and just completely flip the script right. and, and convince people to do things for mm-hmm. him, right? But uh, what I think you're kind of talking about is the the physical side, the, the one-on-one battle As a duelist, side. We don't see force. him just kick enough butt. No, right? and, <laughs> like, and, and now we really how would we? Him. Let's be honest. Yeah. How... How would we? Because his whole scheme is like cloak and dagger, right? And it has to be that way. It's this. I mean, he's patient. Obviously, he's very patient, you know. But it was just sad to see these Jedi Master, including Kit Fisto, who I love, the the, the green guy. Um, yeah, they die in like fifteen seconds, and it was just disappointing. But man, I wanted to see more of. It. I just, I don't know if he needs his own series, but. I need something that's further it's like explored. One more battle. Well, I'll take something it. more explored, you know, because the guy we got to see, Darth Sidious, as a Sith Lord in his prime in like Clone Wars. Yeah, I want to see more of that guy. Well, he gets defeated by Mace Windu. Right, and do, Mace, and that's pretty the, handily too. Yeah, it's pretty easy. Um, and that's one thing I was gonna talk about. So I looked up a list the other day, and I think it's a pretty recognized list of greatest duelists in Star Wars history, and Sidious is two which I thought was really high for him, um, and Mace Windu's number one. And I agree with those. I, I do think that Mace Windu would beat Yoda in a, lights, a lightsaber battle. I'm not saying the Force. Um, mm-hmm. And Sidious obviously duels Yoda to a draw. Um, and and I think that Sidious, prior to getting all deformed, probably might have beat Yoda. I do think he is yeah. that powerful. Well, I don't know. I mean, we've already kind of talked about Obi-Wan, and Obi-Wan's got the skins on the wall. Like oh, he's yeah. got, we've already talked about it. Grievous, Maul, and Anakin are three of the most powerful mm-hmm. Siths. Well, Grievous wasn't or, a Sith. Well, he wasn't even well, trained in the Force. But but, but as a duelist, yeah. he was trained as a duelist. Yeah. Three three of the most he's no joke. powerful people to yeah. defeat. He in kills the Jedi, duel. right? Yeah. He beats Jedi one on one of all time. Mm-hmm. And and he took him he took him down. Yeah. Right. But and, Sidious is a different animal, and and, and it's even covered in Episode Three because Obi Wan Nish after watching the. The footage of Anakin killing the younglings. He's he's like, I will not face Anakin. Send me to fight the Emperor. And mm-hmm. Yoda's like, No offense, you can't beat him. Like it's that's got to be me. Yeah. And I love that they did that because I was, I was like, as a kid, I was like, Yeah, man, he couldn't even beat Dooku. He like had yeah. two tries and he lost both times. You know. Granted, he did all this other cool stuff. Do too. you wish we would have gotten more out of that duel between Yoda and Palpatine? Yes. It's, I watched it again yesterday, yeah. and it's not bad. It's pretty good. Um, no, it's but, definitely not bad, but I just I wasn't a huge fan of the setting, no. to be honest. And what happened you. to Sidious's second lightsaber? He had two. Yeah. In Clone Wars, he dueled with two lightsabers. What happened to the other one? No idea. Oh, and he knows, obviously, he doesn't have one in the original trilogy. Just, I guess that's when you're just such a boss that you, you just got... This really crazy pit bull that does everything for you in Darth Vader, and you can you don't have to do anything. Yeah, I mean, what a master! Obviously, I think that's where his, his you're right. His power is in the persuasion. He doesn't. He is all powerful. There's no denying that. He just doesn't have to do it. He's such a master manipulator. Everybody does his work for him. Right. I think that's what's important. But I do wish we'd have got more. And there's a lot of people complaining about. Um, you know, Yoda, how, where, where did his lightsaber come from in the Book of Boba Fett? Because he clearly lost it in Revenge mm-hmm. of the Sith. 
And again, the super nerds, you freeze frame Revenge of the Sith for a millisecond. And as he's getting Bail Organa's ship, he has his lightsaber. So Luke probably took it from Dagobah. Yeah, but, uh, that's that's just what I assume. Right, like, right. But there are the super nerds yeah. out there that are like, meh, it's gone. And 20 years ago when they filmed this, they didn't think about this. I'm like, well, no, obviously they didn't know Disney was going to buy this and remake this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that was not foreseen. But um, I, I, I don't know. I love Obi-Wan. I think he's one of my favorite characters. Um, I don't think Sidious would have would have um, lost to Obi Wan. I think Sidious pretty handily beats Obi Wan. I hate to say it. I love Obi Wan. Yeah. I don't think he's. I don't think he's got that one. Yeah, no, I don't think you're wrong. But I just just for argument's sake, I think that you know I'd like to Obi-Wan see Obi Wan is he belongs up there with the best of Yo, them. Yeah. And I'd yeah. like to see him be given that title fight, so to speak. That is a title anybody. fight. Yeah. That's a title fight. All right, that's yeah. for sure. But I want. And this, it's fun because these episodes can go on forever because it's just one thought leads to the next. But um, the old Republic Sith, and I don't know, you know, how familiar with you with you with that stuff you are, but they're from the books and um, some video games. But that is the era of the Sith that Disney needs to start covering because there are, I don't know if they're more powerful than Sidious, but there are Sith that eat entire planets in that genre yeah and they're well covered they're, they're crazy there's like revan i love revan we'll talk about him offline but there's some sith that need to be in film that come from that era that um are crazy absolutely nuts right and i think you know they're a lot like maul in a sense that they weren't given the the glory that they right. deserve and the minute that the fan gets a, mm-hmm. a a taste of that live action sith that, that we've all been dying to right. introduce, then they're going to beg for more. Oh, yeah. And it leaked recently, and I know we're well off topic now, but, um, you know, everybody complained, like, Hilo doesn't have a story. Like, he's been solo for, like, three and a half minutes in any of those movies, which which you're right. He's a very... He was, like, he was supposed to be, according to the movies, the most powerful protege of Luke at the Academy. But then in... Book of Boba Fett, they, they give that title to Grogu. He's going to be the first, and you would assume he's going to be the most powerful. So it gets confusing, but um, there's a leaked trailer, either it's fan-made or official, and it looks official, of um, the Knights of Ren, and it's supposed to be a Disney yeah. Plus series. I don't know if you've no, seen, seen that, that, but I that have. looks good. Yeah. Like, that looked real good. I need some dark side stuff that's in series. And yeah, I don't know. I gravitate towards the dark side with that, with the Star Wars stuff. I love seeing them, and I, and, and I want it to be just better you know i love with it let's incorporate the technology and make it as dark as physically possible you know and and i hope they do that i really do i would love to see that stuff yeah no i think the intimidation factor Mm -hmm. is what it's all about yeah right you you have to introduce a a character to the screen that even through the screen Mm -hmm. you feel intimidated as the the watcher because kylo ren was not intimidated i love him he's the best character from the new movies but he's not intimidating you know his costume and the new type of lightsaber look and all of that, that so kind of stuff. Well done. That was all really well done. But he was still, like, like I think you would agree, he's still just a little bit soft. Yeah, he's just a teenager, man. Like yeah. I feel like I poke him and he'd cry. You know, like he was so and he was conflicted, and I get that was part of the story. But he was just Vader two point and and. and they should have done so much more with him. That's all. And and all the and I love I I hate to rag on it because but I sat in a theater with you and watched it and I, it's like the force save, they for, he then they make out force save make out session and then he dies and that's how it ends and it's like uh yeah 
okay, this is, this is kind of stupid. But hey, I'm not here to rag on the, <laughs> the the sequel trilogy. It just had a lot of plot holes, in my opinion. But um, yeah, hopefully we get some more Sith and um, who knows? Maybe there'll be a crazy... I bet you there's going to be quite a few lightsaber battles in the Kenobi series. So the Inquisitors and Vader. Yeah, so it should be good. No, I hope so. It should be good. But um, I think that's it. All right. Well, hey, I appreciate you for having me on and uh, best of luck to you and this podcast in the future. And, uh, you know, I'll be listening. So oh, for sure. And I appreciate it. Man. And thank you for coming on. It, it means the world. And this is the only way we can get this message out is by having actual fans on here and, and talking about this stuff and, and making it mainstream and not so nerdy so you and i go back and forth through text all the time after Mm -hmm. episodes Mm -hmm. and i'm able to provide my input to you and we're able to talk about the episode but for the remainder of the fans that don't have your personal phone number and i don't think you have the intention (laughs) to give that out no no, no. where else can they reach you and provide their input no for sure um we're on instagram our handle is uh at blackspire underscore broadcast and uh, I, I try to respond there as much as I can. That's where most of the traffic comes from. Um, and we're, we also have a Gmail um, at, or I'm sorry, not at. Blackspirebroadcast at gmail.com. Like I said, I try to answer as much as I can. I really appreciate all fan input and, 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 and kind of content direction that, that helps me understand what people want to hear. So, um, again, thank you, Austin, for being here. I know you're on vacation. And I appreciate you coming out and spending the time in the studio when we could be doing something else. So, really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. You are not alone. There is hope. And remember, the Force will be with you. Always.